This is the Podcast Derbia Blacklist Podcast. For this week's episode, Sir Crispin Crandall, number 86. Or as I will call him the rest of the episode, Sir Crispin Glover. Uh, I'm joined this week by Sam as Dave is uh, under the weather and Sam's helping us out. So welcome back, Sam. Happy to help. So we're uh, catching up on this episode and as we did uh, get confirmation at the uh, next week on the blacklist, uh, we're coming up to the end of the fall season. So they're really short fall season. Uh, but um, this week's episode, I, I don't know what to take from it. I wrote a lot of notes, and I felt like this whole season's been it. This is another one of them episodes that had a uh, the named bad guy uh, of the, the headliner of the show. I'm not necessarily sure this guy really was on the blacklist because... Red said the blacklister that he was going after was this Andres Alme. Alme. Which we never get a number for him, but he was the blacklister that Red was trying to get. And then in turn, we get, you know, Sir Crispin Glover, number 86, is right. the title of the episode. But, you know, this, you know, like Ariat Kane last week was number 50. That really wasn't a blacklister. And then the Eli Matchett a few weeks ago. I mean, these are all people that Red uh, came to know as the episode went on. And you didn't really get the sense that Red had them on a list. Right. So why? I'm kind of tired of that. I'd, I'd like them to get away from that. Yeah, that's a very loose definition of blacklisters. Especially when some of them are like high numbers. You know, like the, yeah. so far, I think the highest number we have uh, or lowest number, well, whichever way you go, the biggest number we have is like 162, I think, something like that. So you know, if Red comes across a new blacklister, well, they should be at the end of the numbers. You know, putting one at like fifty or eighty-six means he's he's already recognized them and got them higher up ahead of other people. I think he just has a whole bunch of like he, he skips every few slots so he can insert new and, people in in the list randomly. And maybe I have a spreadsheet in that we're going to do a. I'll bring up at some point on a show when we're looking for content when the show really f- flops, um, and uh, talk about it because I'm trying to get a sense of if there is any rhyme or reason to where they are placed. And getting a uh, number 86 today actually gives us another number 80s because uh, I think we're almost done with the 80s. And maybe if we have a block of 10, we can kind of look at them and see if they all make sense. Um, I don't know. I well, really... But we don't know how they're, they're ranked, right? Right, we don't like, know. We don't know if it's like big badness or influence. I mean, or we know the single digits. Odor. I mean, Tom Keene was seven and Berlin was eight. Those are our only single digits we've had so far. Uh, the Decemberist, which was the Alan Alda character, was like 12. Uh, so we have a few that were really up there, and they were pretty prominent characters. Uh, but yeah, you know, we have, the highest we've had this season was the Troll Farmer, which was number 38. So anyway, we get... Uh, <laughs> he was prominent for about... Well, he was so important to then Red just kind of give him to the FBI. <laughs> it was so bad. I felt so bad about that. I, don't, I know we shouldn't talk about the previous episodes, but, but I obviously wasn't recording then. <laughs> but I, I felt like this guy totally put his neck out there for Red. Right, saved him. Uh, saved him. Saved and then... him. Not just him, but like a whole crew of 40 people who yeah. were like total professionals about this whole thing. And then just tosses him to the FBI. Like, here's a bug. Red's definitely been a little more cutthroat this year. I mean, even oh, with yeah. this episode today with uh, Crispin Crandall, you know, just I'll make it easy for you and just shoots him. 
Uh, yeah. I, I don't even want to hear what you're going to say next. Right. I'm kind of tired of talking to you. I don't even want you on my list, but you know, we're going to put it on there. Otherwise, we don't have a show. Uh, anyway, for the sake I, of the show. Yeah, <laughs> I thought the character's cool, but I, you know, I, I still don't know. I'm, I'm not well versed in cryonics, cryogenics, or any of that stuff. I don't know if that actually works. I need a real. It's like Scientology. It's it, I know it makes me think. Okay, you're just freezing something, which is killing it. You, can you really thaw it and then you know shock it back to life? Obviously, that's the theory, but it just seems crazy. But having a you know reclusive billionaire handling I, that, I love the idea that this. So are we going in order? Or are we just like oh, we jump around. Go ahead. Okay. <laughs> I love the idea that this guy has a plane that he just flies around in and doesn't land. Although I don't, I was immediately thinking. How does he stock enough food in this plane to survive for, you know, like two or three months in the air? And, right. what, and what crew, like, just is totally cool with bunking on this bed or on this plane forever? Well, that's the thing. I mean, he, he's landed 30 times in the past three years. Three years. So he's got a plan for, okay, we're landing at this point. We got to stock all the provisions. And, you know, we'll get refueled then, kind too. But, but in the meantime, yeah, we're going to get refueled elsewhere. And, you know, if we need to hire new help or, you know, somebody's somebody's leaving us, they can go that route. But, yeah, it it is awkward, this this arc, this flying arc that they have. And but it, it's it's a neat concept. But then you, know, you get into cryogenics and I just think that, OK, maybe it's it's just it's cray cray as opposed well, to. Well, then I think, you know, they were, they were performing a surgery in which they were what removing the brain or something like I don't care if you unfreeze them. If there's no brain or no functioning nervous system, well, that right, that's that, the other part. There's well, I, I, did, I why you're removing the brain and then freezing. None of this made any sense. I, I have no idea. I, I, I'm sure we have a listener who's into uh, cryonics. I don't know if you, you are. To be in the cryonics, this is not a real thing. I like it, somebody, I somebody, somebody who's read it. You know, somebody who's part of the Ted Williams beheading. You know, something that uh, happened. Um, with this because because my whole experience with it is demolition man i mean that's really all i was thinking the entire time that's pretty much the best possible case (laughs) they actually revived a person there right that's what i was thinking but it's not like that (laughs) i I don't think it works that way i mean when i take chicken and freeze it you know it's it's frozen and safe you know I, i don't you know it doesn't necessarily come back to life but you, you're you're preventing bacteria growth. You're preventing anything from happening. So I, I don't know. I don't know. I, I might be sounding now, dumb right it, now, but the whole you sign up for cryonics. I think the agreement is: look, we don't know how to revive you right now. Right. But in theory, in a hundred years, when they have a cure for the disease, they'll know how to revive you. Right. It'll be like that bad Star Trek Next Generation episode from like season one or two or whatever that was when they uh, stumbled upon this arc in space and found like three people that were still cryonically preserved and they were um frozen at the moment of their death like one of them had like you know cancer isn't that what they tell you about chicken too like frozen at the moment or is that vegetables the that's, moment that's flash freezing vegetables flash freezing <laughs> same so, thing it's exactly the same thing. i i think you know I, I don't know we i gotta move on from this so we have uh <laughs> we have the whole plan though really is is for red to get Helmet to get his uh thumbs uh, Did he know the whole time that Helme was dead and frozen? He well, seemed to have an idea. As soon as, well, I don't was, know when he knew that. He, he well, he knew. Okay, well, 
I was gathering it from early in the episode because Helme was the uh, brilliant, um, whatever he was, one of these person. right economist. Yes, so he knew he was abducted, didn't know who abducted him, and was tasking the FBI with figuring that out, which is what they figured out with uh, Crispin Glover doing that. So they um, once they found that out, yeah, you know, that's all he needed to know and. You know, he gave, as he even said to Lizzie, I mean, yeah, I gave them the case, but I gave them the case until, you know, it was the right time for me to take it back. I love, though, the whole time that they have this construction site that is right next to or above, I don't know, this bank. <laughs> and you have really no idea what's going on with it, but obviously that scene's important. You know, whatever they were doing is important. It's not just there to build a you know, restaurant for the... the I did have notes, like, what the hell is this construction happening? I did. I Why wrote that bu- building something with a question mark is what I wrote. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, the inspector being all crazy about it, but then he's got his uh, young girl... Was it a... I miss, it, it's irrelevant. But he's got the young girl pastry chef <laughs> who's a terrible cares. pastry chef. And, uh, the crappy pastry chef. They, they can, uh, I forgot the egg wash. <laughs> yeah, that's, this is a restaurant that's going to do really well. In, in like Manhattan or wherever this is. And the inspector knew it too. He's like, "Oh God, please, please no." Yeah, that was a look on his face. Like this, this is. How do I tell her this? But uh, yeah, the whole plan, really, the whole plan of this entire episode, the whole point of cryonics is so that it's easy to snap off the thumbs, so that they can go it's thaw the hard. thumbs out, and then do the uh, open the. Safe deposit. Safe deposit box. Thank you, and uh, get uh, I guess what's his name's money. Whatever. Yeah, I I don't understand what his money was in. Like, was it account numbers? Because it was in a little box. Right. It it wasn't like the suitcase we saw of money that Red had because he had that earlier. But it looked like he kind of threw that on top of whatever it was. It was on top of that. But it was his like nest egg or so whatever for when uh, the director was planning on leaving. It was all of his... Uh, it was literally Fabergé eggs. Right. <laughs> and it was his, his, his way to get out. Uh, when he gets out, he'd have the uh, finances and resources to do whatever he pleased. So I, I love that whole sequence at the end, uh, di- uh, dialogue at the end with Red and the director, um, you know, bartering back and forth a little bit too. So did you get the impression that the director has a way out he thinks he does when why would you reject the deal because he's got like honor or something integrity well what i think is is he's like you know what he wasn't going to give up then but i have a feeling he's going to probably come forward at some point the look on his face and the way he he slumped down into the chair when red told him i've taken away all your money and you have nothing you know look dejected look like crap I think it's a red herring. I, I think. This, okay. I mean, he he's not going to make it out in the end. No, for sure. No, and not at but all. But he thinks he's got a way. And it's going to be interesting. Is he going to be or the the? Are, are they going to eliminate him sooner rather than later, as well? I I get the sense that that's a great end of the sea. You know, the fall season. I think it's is let's just move on from the director and then you know the the spring season we could spend our time with this guy Solomon this Matthias guy that we are all learning to really hate um, like 
this is like the first time where we saw him nervously uncomfortable. Oh, him too. He's talking to the director. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Because it, it, I mean, Dave and I were uh, discussing it on a previous episode. Where is, is this guy, the new guy in charge, now that the director's been found out? And I never thought that. I always felt like he was a, you know, just muscle. For right. for he, he gets for, things done for the cabal. Right, but not necessarily a guy who makes decisions. Who's a uh, a, a higher level. He's following orders. I don't think he's the leader. Right, right. He, I think he's, he's, yeah, he's, he's muscle, and he's doing what he does best, and that's, uh, you know, take people down, lead, lead a SWAT team, things like that. Uh, you know, the director's a guy who was in a position to, you know, of of great influence, but now he's not because he was exposed to this cabal thing, or the fulcrum thing, coming out, and he had to, you know, make himself out there problem that leads to is uh you know now we're going to get introduced to somebody else above you know we had alan alda and now we got this guy um and now we'll get somebody else yeah there's got to be a new cabal person to step in he's got to be higher ranked than you know an intelligence director right so that'll be interesting like a senator or vice president yeah, because I mean we've oh, well, I mean I guess we've had three. We had Tom Connolly, the AD, as well, uh, or Attorney right. General IG. And we we've had really three big, high level guys um, now, and you know ag- agreed. I think director's going down soon, and then we'll be introduced to that next level person. And yeah, there was mention about something about uh, you know how high it goes, and you know we don't know that right now, but obviously it's. Probably pretty high. President well, is all go the high. president has been interested in in what they know when they had that little Senate hearing or that hearing last week. Um, so there's a lot. Um, obviously, there's a lot still left to learn about the cabal and its hierarchy. Uh, gosh, you know there there was so little Liz in this episode too. It seemed like a whole yeah. lot going on without Red and Liz. I mean, they were just kind of there on the phone and building things. Um, but the Tom Overseeing stuff. Overseeing the construction. Yeah. But the Tom stuff with uh, was Gwen and Asher, the uh, the, the lovely couple. Uh, obviously, they're... I hate that name. I, they, they created such a horrible character that I'm kind of glad to see him go. Uh, <laughs> and in such a piddly way. Yeah, it was. I mean, he tried to fight, but yeah, I just obviously the whole point was to get it so that Tom could get to this point so that he could capture Karakut. But I don't know. It, it, I felt like we were being introduced to a character that was kind of cool. But what? We... Oh, now I remember this guy. He was he was in the club and he met Tom and Tom. Yes, was, but they were totally putting the moves on each other. Yes, we were talking. Yeah, okay, that's right. Before we start recording, yeah, we, were, was, we were trying to figure out where, he, where we. He, so we. So, uh, but what Dave and I were talking about, like last week, is that Gwen, the the the, the fiance there, is such a strong character versus Asher ends up just kind of being a wuss, that you know, killing her so that she could be a prominent character. But I don't know the way this the whole thing kind of went today. I'm not even sure we see her again. Well, she was. So intelligent to go and hide out back. I, I was immediately thinking, like, that's not a hiding place. You can't hide there. I know. <laughs> it was just dumb. So, I don't know. Or, or you know, we'll see her again, but we'll, we'll see her right around the time when we've forgotten about her. 
uh, she'll pop up again and and do something silly, or, or Tom will she need her. Like just a mechanism. Yeah, I mean, there, there was really no point to her otherwise, though. I mean, that's the thing. Tom had the thing with Asher, and the only point of her being there was just so that they can uh, bring Tom into the wedding party so they can feel like he's really getting in with this couple only to do them a big favor of taking out, uh, you know, this Russian group that's uh, extorting Asher. I don't know. I It just feels like they went through a lot of work just to get Tom to this point when he probably could have just gotten to this point, you know, some other way. It's, it seemed like a lot of work to get there. Seems like a lot of work to, yeah. yeah. So, okay. which is where I always say, you know, it, it that and Dave says a lot that that's stuff is TV doesn't waste time with that. You know, everything is done for some sort of purpose. You don't inter- you, you could have found a way to, you know, get to this fight club through Asher without introducing the fiance, uh, you know, in, in spending so much time, even looking at her cowering behind the door, it just makes you feel like that character is not done. But this is a show about overly elaborate plans. It is. And, yeah. <laughs> you know, really that whole thing of, Instead of just going one step to the next step and getting to the Russians, Tom takes four or five steps to get there by, like, you know, building up the story about how he's this super playboy and right. player with all the girls and then finds the guy in the club and the friends. Like, all that, I think, is television. I think that is. And we've seen him do it before. To fill out the, yes, yeah, he when, absolutely does. When he Maybe did the German thing. Part so. of the game he loves doing. It's part. Right, it's uh, part of his getting in. Yeah, he's okay, he's got to get all the way in, only to just reveal himself, and which is what he did right at the end. There, you know, I'm gonna, I'm, you're gonna help me, you know, exonerate my wife. Um, and I love the whole, you know, this is how I'm going to capture you. <laughs> the overly cliched, this is how I'm gonna kill all of you yeah, plan, uh, and then he does exactly that. Like I am so done with that mechanism. Oh, I love it though. I mean, that, that was like in True Lies. Uh, Arnold does it. I, I I love that little thing. You know, first I'm going to do this, and then that guy's going to do that, which is going to. It's result the sign in... of the overconfident badass who sees the entire fight in his head before it happens. Right. But it's such a fiction. <laughs> but it's cool. Okay, it's cool. <laughs> fine. I'll it makes it. for good television. I'll take it. Because <laughs> we just we we need to continue to know that Tom is a badass. That he, you know he get, he got himself. You know, beaten up on purpose so that he could be in that spot. Yeah, I was thinking about that. Um, yeah, that was a whole. They plan. didn't think he knew how to fight. They were like these two amateurs who don't know anything about fighting. We're just gonna t- chain them together and let them go. Right, right. They thought it was gonna be silly, and uh, yeah, Tom easily was captured. You know, he told her to hide because whatever you hear, don't come in. Yeah, you know, this is all in. You know, I, I, I got it under control. It's, it's all part of the <laughs> it plan. It seemed like I'm getting my ass kicked. <laughs> Entirely part of the plan. And, uh, yeah, so takes him down. Love it. And uh, it kind of really leads us into what next week looks like. But uh, and I, st- I still like the scenes, too, with Tom with uh, Cooper. Uh, I still love having him being that. You know, we were predicting how is Cooper still going to be involved in the show and that he's going to be this uh, Yoda character, uh, you know, kind of behind the scenes just kind of help leading the way uh, but he's he not leading the way or is he just providing or, well tr- trying to f- he's got his angle because he wants to help out Liz too but for, right. he's doing it his way Yeah, FBI's got to do their thing because they got to do things by the books but he's going to do it this way and he's recruited Tom to do it and uh, you know, I, I, I just love that little that they have that weekly 
you know, coffee shop meeting. Uh, or the Chinese restaurant. Or Chinese restaurant this week. I just, I, I love the the little meetings they have. It's, 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 it's fun um, to, to remind me of that character because I do like that character. Yeah, I, yeah. I'm hoping they bring him back in a more prominent role, especially now that we know he's, you know, no longer sick and dying. Um, it's, he might be reinstated, right? Because I don't think... I would think, I mean, um, he, he's working for the FBI, but he's... stay there in, in that position. I guess he could. I mean, he's kind of gotten into it. Well, Wrestler was, I mean, when the show started back at the very, very beginning, uh, was a the head of the task force that was hunting down Red anyway. Uh, but it, you know, this is before they... It was when they really didn't expect to ever find Red. But he was just part of that group that was you know, trying to know everything about Red to try to figure out his next move to hopefully catch him at some point. Uh, so he, he's been in charge of something before. But I don't know. <laughs> what do you think of his, his scene with the uh, where he uh, goes all, tunes everything out, and then hears like, the dog bark in the distance when he's trying to capture a guy? It was just dumb. Yeah, well, I mean, they were emphasizing this on several points. Like, he, he notices the, the screen door that's open, and then he notices, like, what's missing from this purse that's been spread out? It's the car keys. I mean... He's horribly observant it, all of a sudden, or ridiculously yeah, yeah, observant. It, it's like, it's like he, he's Batman, the world's best detective or something. Yeah. <laughs> out of nowhere. And he's been good, but we've never seen that approach before in this show, where we've had this uh, almost slow-mo crime scene investigation feel. Uh, to it, and that's what they were doing there. I mean, the, the the way they used the sound and tuned everything out, and you, you know, zoom right in on his ear or his eyes. <laughs> yeah, I I really thought when they were doing it, like he was going about to have a relapse into his drug abuse or something like that. <laughs> like I just need a hit right now. <laughs> yeah, because I mean, we we because we, we've touched on that again recently. So it's like I thought, oh, there it is. Yep, he's gonna do that, or he's gonna start to like get the sweats, and you know, the, the job's just too much for him. So, all right, uh, that's pretty much all I got. I mean, next week is the, uh, what do you call it, penultimate before the fall finale. And uh, so you know, that's what we were wondering when we were been talking about for a couple of weeks looking at IMDb, and it didn't have a lot of episodes after the next two weeks because there's a reason for that. Looks like they, uh, so really it's, it's kind of depressing because it's only eight episodes. Uh, usually it's a 22-episode, 24-episode season. So it means we're going to have a nice full Spring, which is good, but probably not going to have anything again till February. That's what I'm guessing. Uh, usually, usually the f- spring seasons don't start till after the Super Bowl. Get all the holidays behind. So uh, we got two more to go, but it looks like uh, we'll have a reunion between uh, Liz and Tom next week. Yeehaw. Huzzah. <laughs> so uh, do you have anything else, any Parting words. <laughs> oh, the old, okay, so the one thing that I found really stand out in this was when Red and Kristen, Bull, Kristen Bull, Glover were talking um, on the plane, and Red is explaining that planning for the future is stupid. In the meantime, <laughs> Red is the All he's biggest ever done. planner for everything <laughs> down the road. And, and I mean, I assumed it was just for the sake of. This conversation because this guy is a total douche and he just wants to kill him. And he was whacked, yeah, yeah, it was a totally whacked cryo guy. It, but it, it was just the the ironic nature of that conversation caught me. It's a good point. I actually didn't pick up on that. And that the, Red is 
meticulous. Everything's done for a reason with him, and he's yeah. always got it planned out. He's always got plans. Even when it looks like it goes bad, it was intentional. Yeah. Uh, and speaking of that, you know, looking back to the episode when we first got introduced to Fisher Stevens' character, uh, Marvin Gerard, uh, it was fun seeing him yeah. again. Yeah, I, I assume he's sticking around as a yeah, I like him prominent as a, assistant. I like him, and we got rid of... Uh, you know, we got Dembe back, and so, you know, it's nice having Red's little group of minions following him around, because they're, they're all fun characters. So, all right, well, that is uh, probably going to do it for this week, then. Uh, you can uh, let us know what your thoughts are. We always appreciate it. You can email us at blacklist at com. You could also uh, send us uh, notes, love notes, thoughts. Ideas, feelings on Facebook or Twitter at Podcast Derbia, iTunes reviews. Always appreciate as well. So for me, Brian, him, Sam, and Dave somewhere, we will see you all next time.